We're going to be talking about the intimacy of the word. And, you know, I could do that, but I couldn't do it nearly as well as Barbie Laughlin can do it. So would you welcome her this morning as she talks about the intimacy? I'm sure he could do a much better job than I do, but he's very gracious, so I appreciate that. Oh, God is so good. He's so faithful. Just, just amazing to me. Um, does anybody in here just want to go a little bit deeper with him? Would anybody in here like to have a little bit of a closer relationship with him? Maybe know a little bit more about him, become more intimately acquainted with this God of the universe, this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, this omnipotent God that we serve. Anybody want to go there? Because there's an invitation for you today. And it's not my invitation. I'm going to extend it to you, but it's His invitation. It's His invitation to walk with Him in places that perhaps you've not walked before, to go with Him into some places that you've longed to go. And we're going to do that today. We're going to open that up in the Word today, and hopefully we're going to take a journey together into His presence, learn a little bit more about how we can walk in intimacy with this God we love. Amen? So if you'll stand, we're going to read three scriptures And by God's grace, they are all going to tie together by the end of this message. If not, grace will be extended. Anyway, here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Next. I have loved the... (laughs) Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I love that. And finally, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but intimate with the other. Father, I thank you for that promise. I thank you, Father, for the invitation to intimacy, Father. I thank you, God, that you alone can extend this invitation because you alone bought access to that intimacy. The price that was paid that we might access the throne of grace. That we might come in boldly before you, Father. That we might be able to call you Abba, Father. Father, you did that for us. Now, Father, I pray we never take it for granted. And I ask God that every single person in this room today, Father, feel that invitation into your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do something here. You always do. So, Father, I pray that I would stay out of your way, that they would forget the things that I say, but would remember everything that comes from your word, Father. In Jesus' name, and they said, amen, amen. I am so excited, actually, about this topic. I did decide, though, when I looked over the sermon assignments for the year that I was going to have to invest in waterproof mascara, Because some of these places, some of these places that uh, I have the privilege of going in the Word, just, 
oh, they're so dear to my heart and I'm kind of messy that way. And, and when the Lord begins to speak and my heart softens and um, he opens up these places and, and of transparency, he just, does he do that with you with the word? Does the word just kind of grab hold of you and you're like, oh, why did I read that? Oh, now I'm accountable for that. Um, <laughs> it's like if I just hadn't read that one about sin... You know, anyway, but I love the Word of God. I just absolutely love the Word of God. It is the singular, the most important thing when it comes to transforming a life. Transforming a life. I can tell you, I have been to a lot of conferences in my life. I have sought a word many times in my life. I have stood in countless prayer lines. You can't even imagine how many prayer lines this old girl has stood in. You don't know how many times the, um, that I have filled the altars and used boxes of Kleenexes that didn't even belong to me. And I can tell you that none of those experiences changed me like the Word of God has changed me. None of those things. Those things are wonderful. I love to dance before Him. I love to sing to Him. I love to worship. I love to bow down. I love to come into His presence. But none of those things change this nature. See, I have got this base nature and I have these tendencies that I grew up with and this this old man that I've got to deal with, not my husband. Um, (laughs) He is a young man. But this old man on the inside of me that tries to raise his head, and there's only been one thing in my life that is able to deal with that, and that has been the Word of God. The most intimate places I have ever walked in my life have not been in altars, it's been on pages. The constant inpouring of the Word of God, a continual conversation with God through the Word of God is the only thing that tames me. The best example I can give you is this. My, my grandmother used to, or granny, I was trying to be all proper and call her grandmother. My granny used to say, nature claims nature. And what she was talking about was you can find a mountain, dig a hole all the way through it. You can get rid of all the trees, cut down all of the grass, asphalt a road all the way in through it, but if you don't keep the trees cut back, if you don't keep the grass mowed, if you don't maintain that space, the mountain's going to reclaim that. Do you understand in your spiritual walk with God that if you don't do some maintenance, that the weeds will begin to grow in your life? These things will begin to rise up and you'll be going, where did that come from? Well, you didn't have enough word in you to kill that thing. And it's the Word of God that maintains this pathway that He's got us walking on. Without the Word of God, we start to look like we are without the Word of God. And if we don't do it on a continual basis, try mowing your grass this week and then don't mow it again for six weeks. Or just a couple of weeks. That's what happens when you get out of the Word and you don't go back into the Word. These weeds begin to come up in our life. These things begin to come up, and I can tell you what they look like for me. I can actually tell you what they look like for some of you guys, but I'm sure that that would embarrass many of you, and I'm not going to do that. So we're going to talk about me. 
when the, <laughs> let's talk about me, um, when those weeds start to come up in my life, I can tell you what they look like, and those that are closest to me can tell you what they look like. But because my old nature, when, well, it wasn't a hugely sinful thing. I, that's not my issue so much. My issue was insecurity. My issues were being double-minded. And because I was double-minded, I was just unstable in everything. I second-guessed everything because I weighed everybody's opinion into my answer. And what would they think? And would that one get mad at me? And what if, if I do this? Well, this one will be happy. But, and it's like, I just what if I make the wrong decision? And I struggled with that. So when the Lord began to take me into the Word of God, He began to give me the mind of Christ. And I wasn't double-minded. And He began to cleanse me of those things and do a work in my life. However, when the Word of God isn't a consistent thing in my life, it starts rising up again. And I find myself <laughs> sending text messages and then having to apologize for them. And, you know, or um, doing something that, that uh, or second guessing. Pastor Ronnie called me out on it one time, and um, he didn't really know that he had done that, but he, he does now because I told him in first service. And, but um, I had walked by his door, and it would, had been one of those seasons in my life where I was doing a lot of administrative stuff and I was doing a lot of taking care of the kids and taking care of teenagers in college and and dealing with some stuff here and I had just gotten busy not in bad things but I'd gotten so busy that the word of God started like being pushed to the side and and where I used to have those intimate times with him all of a sudden it's like I'd grab a word when I needed a word anybody ever been there that's all well and good till you open that up and it goes woe to you wicked sinner and then you're like whoa Back to the Psalms, back to the Psalms. <laughs> that really happened to me. <laughs> it really did. I was like, oh, I'm not even Catholic. Um, <laughs> but I walked by his door and I was having a bad day and I shot off my mouth in, in such a way and I just basically said uh, something about, you know, if he ever wanted to fire me in. Not that there was any insecurity, and uh, and I and I just said, you know, just just don't fire me in person. When the time comes, email me. <laughs> That's really what I said. Just send me an email because I really don't want to have that conversation. And he went, "That's the old man." I went back to my office and I just cried, but I forgave him. <laughs> Because that's his job, is to keep me in line. Man, he's got a job. <laughs> but it was absolutely true. And I knew it because I hadn't been in the Word like I needed to be. And all of those old, old sin patterns, those old insecurities, those old ways started rising up. When I don't have enough of the Word in me, my foundation starts shaking and I become unstable because I'm not dealing with the issues of life from a stable position based on the Word. Amen? So the most intimate seasons of my life, the strongest seasons in my life have been seasons where I have stayed in the Word of God. I mean, stayed in the Word of God. And see, I see it in some of you sometimes because I've known some of you a long time. And when you're not in the Word, there are times that I could like, I wish I had some note to self. Somebody jot this down. I wish I had t-shirts that went, I haven't seen my Bible in six weeks. As a reminder to go, you know what? 
You were never this easily offended. Why are you offended? Why are you so emotional right now? This isn't your norm. This isn't what you normally do. The strength that comes from the Word of God to combat the weeds. See, without the Word, we walk in shallow waters. The Lord gave me a word one time, and oh, it was a painful word. And He said, and I, it was another one of those seasons where I wasn't strong in His Word, and, and I was using it as I needed it instead of living in it. And He said, you, ha- you are walking in waters that are two miles wide and a half an inch deep. Ah. Oh. I knew what he was saying. I had so many things going on, but there was no depth to any of them. Two miles wide and a half an inch deep. You do not want that relationship with God. You want deep waters with Him. You want more than that with Him. He has so much more to offer. So the strongest places you can walk with Him are the places where you are saturated. There is no other teaching we can give you that is more impactful, that will make more of a difference in your life than to go, you have to stay in the Word of God. You have to stay in the Word of God. When Pastor Ronnie tells you that, he's not trying to give you just another religious practice. He's trying to preserve your soul. He is trying to make your life richer and better. Amen? So if I can give you that encouragement to stay in the Word of God, I can tell you this, and I can say it with complete conviction because I have lived it and I have walked it. You will never, ever walk in an intimate relationship with God until you develop an intimate relationship with the Word of God. Because you can't have an intimate relationship with someone. You might have an experience with someone, but you will not have an intimate relationship with anyone until you know that person. Until you are deeply connected and intertwined with that person. You need to know about them in order to feel like you can have intimate conversations with them. You don't just walk up. Well, sometimes you do in the altar, but that doesn't count. You don't walk up to people you don't know and share these things from your heart. But when you get to know someone, you share those secrets, you know? And that's what the invitation is, is to become intimately acquainted with His Word so that you can become intimately acquainted with Him. I, I like to use the S at the end instead of going just His Word, His words. His words. People's words matter. I was thinking the other day, I was talking to a young lady who had been wounded by words, and, and I was thinking of that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Words can kill. They destroy spirits. And just like that, words can build life in you. That's what the Word of God does. It builds you up. I love His words. I love His words. I love to read His words. When I was dating Hal, I just... anything I could get from him word-wise. I loved the way he talked to me. I I wanted to see him. I wanted to be with him all of the time. I wanted to get to know him. I wanted to know everything about him. I wanted to know the details of his life. And and that was before stalking was available through Facebook. (laughs) You all know what I'm talking about. 
And I didn't have that available to me. And, and, but so I would ask the people around him, you know, like an ex-girlfriend named Ramona? <laughs> Perhaps. Like she knew anything. But I wanted to know about him. I, I wanted to be with him. And, and we were together almost every day because I always found him. And... <laughs> Or GPS or anything. It was like this internal, where is how? Yeah, and then he tried to hide in Colorado, but that's a different story. Actually, he had flown to Colorado, and that was like the longest week of my life because cell phones weren't around, and, and I couldn't wait to just, I just wanted to see his face again. I just wanted him to talk to me. I just wanted to, to be with him, and, and, and I know I've shared this before, but I remember waiting at the airport, and it was before security would take you down for doing what I did, and... And so he could, you could actually pass through all of the barriers and, and he came out the door and oh my gosh, the look of fear that hit his face. <laughs> As I just ran toward him like, oh, I mean, it's like the man is a strong man because I almost took him out. But I just, I was so happy to see him. <laughs> That's the same feeling I get when I head toward his words. It's that same anticipation when I can move toward him and I get to find out what he's like and I get to hear his words. That's what the word of God is to me. It's this intimate conversation between the lover of my soul and myself. I love his words. But see, there's this, this beautiful thing that happens when you begin to devour his words. You get to know him. You fall more deeply in love with him. But the word tells us, and we read it up there, that he is intimate with those who walk uprightly. Intimate with those who walk uprightly. Deuteronomy tells us that when we uh, keep his commands and honor his words, we walk uprightly. So in order for us to walk uprightly and to share those intimate moments with Him, we have to keep His commands. We have to devour His words. And when that happens, the most beautiful thing happens when we begin to devour His words and, and we begin to walk uprightly before Him. Did you know that the same word used for upright is the same word that's used for the Word of God? In one place it's called Yashar. Upright, stable, sure. So it's, it's the same word used in our walk with Him is used to describe the Word of God. And it says that he is intimate with those. The word that is used there is C-O-W-D, but it's pronounced sod. And sod means intimate secrets. It says private conversations, familiar counsel. For those who walk uprightly, who live according to the commands of the Lord, you have access to the secrets of God. 
Not that he knows something you don't know or you know something. It's all available to us. The secrets of God as we press into him. That counsel that you can't get from anybody else. It's all right there in the word of God. Your answers are there and they're wrapped in this intimacy. I just, I love that. There are just times when I get in his presence and and his word excites me. And I'll be like, oh, oh God, that is just that's so good. That's so good. And, and I'll cry and I'll laugh and, and I'll grab hold to what I need to grab hold of and I'll share what I need to share. And it is a part of me. His word has transformed my life. It's changed me in the most wonderful way. I've still got a long way to go, but his word is doing that. His word is changing me. I'm not the old me that I used to be. He's creating a masterpiece, a masterwork in every single one of our lives. Understand that God's not finished with you. And today plays a part in what your painting is going to look like over time. Do you understand that? Because you're getting an invitation into the Holy of Holies. You are getting an invitation to intimate conversations. You are getting an invitation today, being told that there is access to the private chambers of God. Through his words. I was thinking about the masterpieces and, and I was thinking about, um, is there anything that can really depict intimacy? The great painters, the scholars, when Ephesians 4, or is it, yeah, Ephesians 2 says that we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. I thought, does anybody, can you even imagine what that painting might look like? Watch yours, I'm sure mine's an abstract. <laughs> but I was thinking about intimacy and I thought about there's there's one painting, well, with the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo when he painted that, just the most beautiful depiction, the creation of man. But this has always bothered me because it never quite touches. There's still some distance there. And there's always been a a portion of this that bothered me because God was reaching down to man and man was reaching up to God and they never quite connected. And I thought, well, that's, that's not intimacy. That's moving toward that, but that's not intimacy. I want to see man in the arms of God. I want to see the wrist clasp. I want to see a connection be made in order for that to be intimacy. So it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's a masterpiece, but it's not intimacy. And then I thought of the next masterpiece, Da Vinci, the Lord's Supper. And I thought about the word where it tells, it talks about the one that Jesus loved laying his head on his chest. It's not depicted here. And I thought, even with this intimate relationship he had with his disciples, that he walked with them and he talked with them and he ate with them and he shared his heart with them, somehow in this particular masterpiece, he kind of seems alone. And I'm like, that's not intimacy. That's not what I want to see. That's not the masterpiece that I feel in my spirit. And I thought, well, can I share 
I want them to see what intimacy looks like. I want them to understand that intimacy springs from the Word of God and developing a relationship with Him. And I couldn't find anything that showed you that, but then the Lord brought something to my heart, brought it something to my mind. And I went, oh God, that is exactly what intimacy with you through the Word looks like. If you would... That's my mother's. one of my most precious possessions. <laughs> but it wasn't, it isn't as precious to me as it was to her. <laughs> I get so tickled. That there, there is your masterpiece of intimacy. That's what it looks like. I got so tickled because Every page is colored. Every page is highlighted. And it's as if everything is going, it, it's as if she went, oh, that's important. Oh, wait, that's important too. <laughs> oh, wait, that's more important. So let's highlight it and underline it. And let's write about it in the margins. Can you show the next page? Do you see that? That's just the oil. From her hands. This was her treasure. This was her treasure. I cannot remember one time. I can't remember one time in my adult life going to her house and this not being on her lap. This not being beside her. Even if she wasn't reading it, she was caressing it. (laughs) She'd be like, oh, oh, wait a minute. That was good. (laughs) And... It was just a part of her life. This was, these words on this page maintained her. The words on this page held her, captivated her. Do you understand that this was her bridal book? Do you understand that her dreams and visions were within this book? The greatest love of her life was within these pages. And I get tickled. Can you turn to the next one? Go ahead and jump to the next. All of her pages are written. The margins all written in. And I thought, it, 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 she didn't even, I love this, can stop right there. Over and over and over in the Word when it had anything to do with her home going. When it had anything to do with about what was to come. When it had anything to do with this God that she loved receiving her back. She wrote, get ready. Before T.D. Jakes ever even thought of that. (laughs) My mom was writing, get ready in the margins of her word. Because she's like, oh, I want to be ready for that. I want to be ready for that. I want to be ready for that. Over and over and over. I look at these pages and I see an intimate relationship with God. I see an intimate relationship with the King of Kings as she devoured his words. I look at this and I think of her as a young woman. I, I specifically remember for some reason this one image of her in a red pantsuit in a red vinyl chair in our living room. <laughs> Don't know why that stands out. Um, Flipping through these pages, and I can remember going, Mama, why don't you watch TV with us? Hawaii Five-O is on. And she's like, no, no, no. I just, I just, I need to read his word. I need to read his words. It's been a long day. It's been a hard day. I need his words. 
And see, I'll look at these pages. And I'll, let me tell you something, guys. This is her good Bible. The other Bibles that we found are in baggies. Chapters in Ziplocs. I'm like, oh, I want Ephesians. Seriously, where they didn't hold together. They couldn't hold together so much time. And this is her good Bible. And I think about this, and I think about the life she lived, and I think about the hardship that she went through. She was 15 years old when she married a 25-year-old pastor, or I'm sorry, minister who passed through town, took her to Chicago. She had two children, and he left her there. I think about... She would tell me, she would say, all I had was the word. I knew that God said, I knew that God said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. So he'd hold on to his words. I was born in a welfare uh, clinic. My mom had no insurance. Nobody was there with her when I was born. It was just her. She said they pushed her to the back of a ward full of people. She said she was in labor and she said all I could think about was how faithful God is. She held on to his words, held on to his words. All my life I heard his words because of her relationship to his words, to him. I think about that auburn-haired woman who used to be young without the wrinkles and without the all that, that she walked through. And I think about her at age 70. I think about the last time I went to see her. That gray hair and those wrinkled hands with arthritis in them. Turning the pages of this book, and she got all Barbie. You know what she told me? Two things that, that weekend. She said, I must decrease that he would increase. Let him increase in your life. You know, and then she said, Always remember, never a man spake like this man. Nobody ever talked like him. Nothing will ever sustain you like him. That's his words. That's his words. That's what the intimate relationship with God looks like through his words. She visited with him in the night watches. She had intimate conversations with the king of kings, the creator of the universe. He spoke to her. He knew her. And she knew him. She dwelt with him through these pages. Today she sees him face to face. Her faith has become sight. She is finally with him. She has finally everything she wrote in these margins about his goodness, his faithfulness, how he would never leave her, how he would return to get everything. She now experiences in his presence. And I don't know what you want out of your relationship with God. I don't know if you are content to stay exactly where you are with him. This is not a salvation issue. This is the issue of whether or not you want to walk in intimate communication with God. If you want a deeper relationship with him. Do you want mediocrity or do you want majesty? Do you want to walk in his presence, live and dwell in his presence, or are you just seeking forgiveness? Because those are two different things. Those are two completely different levels. The water level is different in that. If I can get the praise team to come, that would be wonderful. Because we can live all of our life saved and walking in shallow waters two miles wide and a half an inch deep. 
that never has the depth that we need to sustain us, that never has the power and the, the work and authority in our life to set us free from the weeds. Or we can walk in intimate relationship with Him on a level that we would just never even have dreamed or imagined. That is through consistent time in the Word of God. Fall in love with Him. Fall in love with His Word. I used to love to ask mom, I used to love to ask Pastor Harvey too about what they saw in the church. I used to love to ask, you know, I remember Pastor Harvey telling me, going, well, what is God? I was asking him, where are we? Because there's so much going on in the world and, and all of this just seems so painful. And I see it in scripture and I remember Pastor Harvey just going, we are in the beginning of sorrows. We're in the beginning of sorrows. And I just, that's just stuck in my spirit. Well, with this, with my mom, I said, what do you see, mama? What do you see in the body of Christ and in, in us? You know, we've got, um, as it relates to being in the word and, and going with God where we could go with him. What do you see? And she said, I see a God who created oceans. And we are content to dance in puddles. I don't want to dance in puddles. I don't want to live on the shoreline. I don't want to barely have enough to get there. I want the waters to be deep. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to walk in the deep places with Him? Because the invitation has been made. And all that is left to do is to get ready. Get ready. Get ready. So, if you would stand with me. We're going to do something just a little bit different. Unless you've changed your mind. It's not changed. If you have in your heart a desire to move into deeper places of intimacy with the Father. If you have in your heart, oh, I, I want to have those conversations. I want that secret counsel. I want to be able to move into those places. We are getting ready to sing Rise. It's a song that we sung earlier in the service. And we are going to have an invitation to allow the waters of God. You know that we are washed by the water of the word. Being cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. Does anybody need some more water? Does anybody need some more word to wash through your life? We're going to sing it. We're going to pray it. We're going to beseech the Lord. I'll have a couple of prayer warriors here. But what I would really like to invite you to do as they go, if the dancers are still here, any of them, I want us to do what we did in the beginning. And I want us to invite him to let the waters rise. Amen. Amen.